Welcome to Abide's Sleep Meditations. I'm Tyler Boss, and I'd like to invite you to try the number one Christian meditation app, Abide. You know, just that word alone, Abide, or to remain in Christ, is why I love this app so much. It continually encourages me to remain in my Creator, which helps me to grow in so many ways, even as I sleep. And I hope you find that same encouragement as well. You can text ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the Abide app. Just text ABIDE to 22433. Now, let's relax as we hear tonight's sleep story. Hello, and welcome to this Abide Bedtime Story, based on true stories from Guideposts, Mysterious Ways, where we see God answer prayers for healing, for peace, and for protection from harm. I'm Diane. God's ways are not our ways, as Isaiah 55, 8 tells us. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. We can't understand why God works the way He does, but we can trust that He is good He is always with us and He never forgets us, even when He seems silent. Tonight's stories will remind you that He loves you so much as you hear the true stories of how He worked in the lives of some of His children. Before we jump into our stories, take a few moments to breathe deeply and let the cares and concerns of your day dissipate Get comfortable in your bed, turn off your light, and close your eyes. Acknowledge any distractions there might be in your room, and let your muscles relax. Breathe in, and breathe out slowly as you begin to rest after your day. Let me pray for you. Father, Thank you for the day that is now ending. I pray that your beloved child will find the deep rest that they need tonight as they hear about your faithfulness and your mysterious ways that we cannot comprehend. May their heart be filled with joy and their mind filled with peace as they sleep. Keep them safe and warm in your arms tonight. It's in the precious name of your Son, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Now, listen as I tell you the stories of some women of faith who saw God do amazing things for them and their families. The stories are told from their perspective, so listen as I use my voice to tell you their story. Our first story is called A Farmer's Prayer, and it's Nadine Fadenhauer's story. In July 1973, when I was 17, a drought struck my family's farm in Burnsville, Minnesota. It began with several days without rain. That was normal for summertime. But the hot, dry days stretched into weeks. Our farm was our livelihood. We counted on the profits from the corn crop 
to get us through the year and the corn was dying before our eyes my father was a man of faith he prayed before every meal and firmly believed God would look out for our family each day mom and I would get up hoping for rain each day dad would expect it even though there wasn't so much as a wisp of a cloud in the harsh blue sky around the one month mark without rain mom dad and I sat down to lunch one day and bowed our heads in silent prayer as usual mom and I looked up ready to eat but dad didn't move he waited so long that I asked if he'd fallen asleep hold on he said I'm not done yet I looked at his hands calloused and cracked from years of farm work his nails permanently stained by dirt they were clasped together so tightly that his knuckles were white I'd never seen dad pray so fervently I knew it was about the drought after lunch dad returned to the fields wandering through the yellowing stalks doing what he could to try to save the corn which was only a couple of weeks away from being ripe enough to harvest he stayed out there while mom and I had dinner I finished my chores wiping the sweat off my brow desperate for a break from the stifling heat I opened every window in the house hoping to coax a cross breeze the air was stagnant save for an occasional hot weak puff I sat in our living room fanning myself and thinking about dad a man at the end of his rope I needed something to distract myself I looked at my wristwatch 7 55 p.m. I was expecting a call from my older sister Celeste who lived on her own she had promised a call for an update of the crops after she got home from her church choir rehearsal which ended at eight o'clock hearing her voice would be a comfort a sudden boom startled me the house shook I jumped up and ran to the window I stared in disbelief it was pouring rain my mom and I ran around the house closing all the windows dad came running in his shirt soaked his boots caked with mud beaming from ear to ear look he said pointing out the front door there's no rain anywhere but on our farm he was right in the distance on all sides of our property the skies were clear there was a rainstorm only over our crops eventually the rain let up but not before the corn was saved dad said the stalks would be healthy by morning Celeste called as promised and we told her about the miracle rainstorm you're not going to believe this she said we finished choir class a few minutes early 
the director asked if anyone had a request for a song we could all sing in praise together I asked if we could sing there shall be showers of blessing I knew the song well they were singing right when the rain started years later the events of that day remain my strongest reminder of the power of faith dad's dedicated prayer was followed up with a whole choir and God answered with showers of blessing for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord father again we praise you for your mysterious ways thank you for caring for each and every aspect of our lives we are grateful for your intervention and we trust you through the trials amen our next story will remind you of the power of prayer of God's peace and how his word is powerful it's called she will be healed and it's sue lickle's story i couldn't sleep again negative thoughts filled my head again the pain the cold no cure no relief there's nothing i can offer you six months ago at the start of this nightmare with my leg I would have prayed for comfort but no more all I wanted now was to sleep to stop feeling so scared could I pinpoint the moment God stopped listening to my prayers just last fall right after the start of the school year I'm a teacher I rolled my left ankle a mild sprain I thought no big deal except that it was it got worse by Thanksgiving an MRI showed a crushed bone at the top of my foot okay I thought I'll wait for the bone to heal a month later no improvement I tried physical therapy the pain only worsened then over Christmas my foot and ankle turned a deep pink and the skin became ice-cold to the touch each day the pink area crept higher up my leg white spots appeared on my foot just touching the ground caused excruciating pain I used crutches around the house for longer trips I needed a wheelchair a heavy bulky thing I had to load and unload into my car I tried to stay upbeat in front of my husband Fred and our three kids but with me out of action it fell on them to run the household get ready for school run errands it was wearing us all down I tried a specialist he put me through a test he tugged my foot gently twisting side to side pressed his thumbs where my broken bone had been and had me push my foot against his hand I cried out in pain I, I apologize the doctor said but I do have a diagnosis now reflexive sympathetic dystrophy RSD there's a large nerve that runs from your spine down your leg for reasons we don't understand 
that nerve is sending the wrong signals it's telling your skin's cold and your foot's in pain what can I do I asked the doctor looked sympathetic if the physical therapy doesn't help there's nothing I can offer you that's when I stopped praying clearly God didn't hear me every day the pink area rose a little higher up my leg finally one morning I woke up and looked at my leg I was horrified I hoisted myself out of bed got on my crutches and hobbled into the kitchen my husband and the kids were eating breakfast mom said our 14 year old what's wrong I couldn't disguise the fear in my voice it's past my knee I said what are we going to do Fred looked defeated I don't know he said I just don't know it was remembering moments like that one that kept me up at night that night seemed even worse somehow I tossed and turned full of negative thoughts I knew I should close my eyes and pray I just I couldn't I rolled over like a lump under the sheets finally I fell asleep when I woke up it was raining great I thought I'll get soaked hobbling into work maybe I just shouldn't go I stared at the ceiling Fred was already up the bedroom was very quiet on impulse a desperate impulse I whispered God no response do you even want to hear from me anymore then something very strange happened a voice answered me my child it said I caught my breath is there anything else you want to say to me I whispered get up said the voice that was it I sat up grabbed my crutches and hobbled to the kitchen Fred and the kids were eating breakfast like normal had I really heard anything at all great I must be losing my mind now too I thought I waited until everyone left then I picked up the phone I had a little time before I had to leave for my job so I dialed the number for my specialist there's nothing I can offer you he had said I remembered a nurse in his office who had been sweet to me over the phone a while back I'd never met her in person for some reason I wanted to talk to her it was she who answered the phone I told her my name she knew exactly who I was I'm I'm not sure why I'm calling I said it's just I I feel so dejected the discolored area is above my knee now the doctor said there's nothing he can do I trailed off there was a pause mrs. Lickle the nurse said I'm going to be direct with you you are playing the game of your life you have a choice 
you can give in and spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair or you can have faith you are being tormented aren't you by negative voices doctors can't do anything for you but God can you declare his healing power and refuse to believe anything else find a verse say that verse over your leg believe it astonished I thanked her and I got quickly off the phone I didn't know quite what to do finally I took out my Bible and flipped through landing on Luke 850 don't be afraid just believe and she will be healed I looked at my leg uglier than ever I closed my eyes don't be afraid I said the verse I said it again and again I threw my whole heart into the words I opened my eyes did my leg look less pink sue you're just going crazy I thought I read the verse again like an antiphony to all the negative voices then turned the page to see what came next I clapped my hands to my mouth at the very top of the page were four words my child get up the air around me felt electric joy and peace poured through me I stood up I took a step another step I bent down and touched the skin it was warm the redness and spots had faded the pain was gone I got in to see my doctor as soon as possible he pulled on my foot twisted gently side to side pressed his thumb where my broken bone had been and had me push my foot against his hand I didn't make a sound there's no RSD he said it's gone I've never seen anything like it it's a mystery mysterious maybe but not a mystery not to me nor to anyone who's heard the voice of a healing God when healing seemed impossible for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord God heard and God healed we know that he doesn't always choose to respond in that way but we know he always responds in love his is always kind he is always good father thank you for the healing you brought to sue in this story you let her experience your love in an extraordinary way thank you for always having your hand on us whether you bring physical healing in this life or not we know you are always good we praise you in Jesus name amen our next story is another one that shows us the power of prayer and of community 
when we bring our needs before our church family and to the throne of God this story is called healing circle and it is Virginia Baker's story my room at University Hospital in Birmingham Alabama was crowded I gazed up at the faces of my pastor and the deacons from our church including my husband Brooks who were gathered around my bed for more than a year I had been fighting a losing battle against a strange liver ailment and had recently lingered in a hepatic coma for three days before coming around it seemed I had been on the critical list more often than not but that day I felt relatively good if weak and my mind thankfully was clear I caught Brooks's eye and he smiled reassuringly Brooks and I attend church in Warrior Alabama our hometown where I am a music teacher all in all we're a pretty mainstream congregation and though we certainly believe in prayers for healing we had never gone in for laying on of hands or anointing with oil we left that to other churches but since I had come out of my coma a verse from the book of James kept storming into my head is any sick among you let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord I had begun having trouble in 1984 and a year later was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disorder that caused my body to attack its own liver cells in a terrible way the biological process that was supposed to keep me well was making me sick deathly sick by 1986 doctors had all but given up on saving my liver I had been put at the top of a transplant list at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center a pioneer hospital in liver transplants but no one was sure if a new liver would reverse the disease I had heard so many medical opinions that I chose to keep one in the front of my mind at all times something my internist had told me never forget Virginia that God is bigger than any disease you know your condition is serious when your doctor starts reminding you to pray my hospital stays had become more frequent and complicated I suffered weight loss headaches extreme fatigue confusion jaundice and especially dangerous bleeding in my esophagus that sometimes wouldn't stop my liver functions were deteriorating rapidly during those three days when I was in a coma Brooks had stayed by my bedside reading Psalms to me and our church kept up an unceasing prayer vigil I came out of it but in the absence of a miracle I was probably going to die sooner rather than later leaving Brooks to raise our three young children without their mother with the verse from James echoing in my mind I had Brooks ask our pastor if he would be willing to try something different laying on of hands and anointing with oil tell Virginia I don't see why not 
he had sent word back especially since it's scriptural and that's why they were gathered in my hospital room on a cloudy fall day in 1986 I looked at the wreath of faces above me neighbors friends pastor husband there was a physical sensation of love pouring from them as they leaned over me warm comforting serene they had prepared themselves through prayer and fasting as the Bible instructs my pastor stood at the head of the bed with Brooks at my right and the others completing the circle pastor then read James 5 13 and 14 aloud gently he anointed my forehead with oil everyone laid hands on me tentatively at first I felt the slight press of fingers and a rippling warmth I can't say I experienced anything out of the ordinary save for a subtle yet pervasive sensation of peace that trickled through my entire being they finished quickly since I could not have visitors for very long holding my husband's hand I fell into a long deep sleep the next morning my liver specialist performed yet another grueling endoscopic exam of my esophagus and stomach looking through a long fiber optic tube to locate blood vessels in danger of rupturing I was quite surprised to see a pleased but puzzled expression on his face when he finished and nearly dumbfounded when he said I showed an amazing amount of improvement in the short times since the last endoscopy he said it as if he had trouble believing it himself Virginia he remarked all I can say is that I'm very relieved I was stunned to hear such good news when all I had been told of late was to expect the worst later blood work confirmed the unexpected turn in my condition doctors and nurses beamed when they looked into my room people once again spoke louder than a whisper within days I was removed from the top of the list in Pittsburgh for an urgent liver transplant and put toward the end of the line when I was released from the hospital I had an odd insistent feeling that it was for good strength returned I could eat again there were no more major bleeding episodes over the months my liver function tests improved steadily I felt better than I had in a very long time there was no clear medical explanation for my sudden transformation one Sunday about a year later we celebrated the baptism of my youngest son hop then six years old our pastor led the ceremony and I played the piano halfway through a parishioner raced up to me with the message that I had an urgent phone call I knew what it probably was and quickly followed her to the church office as I thought it was the transplant coordinator at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center they had a liver for me not long before I wouldn't have hesitated 
Like many transplant candidates, I would have been ready to go at a moment's notice. Now, I paused. I had already turned down two earlier transplant opportunities, not yet ready to face the overwhelming ordeal of surgery. This was probably going to be my final opportunity. But if my liver was slowly healing, as it surely appeared to be, might someone else need a transplant more urgently than I? Should I step aside and trust the Lord? I told the hospital I would call back in 10 minutes and sent the parishioner for Brooks, my pastor, and our family physician who was attending Hops's baptism. What do I do? I asked them, not so much afraid as anxious to make a quick decision. Brooks covered my hand with his, and all at once an almost physical memory of that day in my hospital room came rushing back. I could see the faces above me and feel the faint warmth of fingertips through the thin, crisp sheet. In an instant, I knew I wanted to remove myself from the transplant list. My healing was well underway. Why interfere? What would you advise if I were your wife? I asked my doctor. I'd tell you not to have it. That was all I needed to hear. I called the hospital and told them I wouldn't be having the surgery. Then I returned to my son's baptism and took my seat at the piano as the service resumed. As I've said, I come from a fairly traditional church background. I don't use the word miracle lightly, yet what else can I call it? I was in and out of a coma, my life hanging by a thread. I was told my liver was beyond saving, and even with a new one, I would be fighting heavy odds. So how do I explain that after six inexperienced members of my church stood in a circle, laid their hands on me, and asked the Lord for healing, my liver now functions better than doctors ever dreamed it would, and I enjoy good health again? No, I didn't use the word miracle lightly. Yet when I look back on my experience, I find no other word that fits no other concept that makes sense the lord's grace shined on me and for a reason i'm not yet meant to understand fully i was allowed to live god showed that he is bigger than any disease yes god is bigger than any disease he is bigger than any financial trouble he is bigger than any relational problem. He is bigger than any physical ailment we experience as we live in this broken world. He is good and He is loving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Lord God, thank you again for your healing touch for the power of prayer and for the blessing of community you are powerful and you are awesome we praise you for your goodness 
and your mercy in Jesus name amen our last story tonight is a poignant reminder that God is Elroy the God who sees he never takes his eyes off you he never leaves your side the last story is called one final moment and it is Stephanie Neff's story I sat across from my 84 year old mother at the Mexican restaurant we often went to after her doctor appointments watching her try to hide her confusion as she looked at the menu mama you always get the chicken quesadilla I said why don't you order that yes I was just thinking that honey she said trying her best to sound decisive my heart broke for her my well-read intelligent mother who worked crossword puzzles upside down and conquered cryptic quotes could no longer understand a menu she'd read countless times before I'd worked in a nursing home so I knew all too well the ravages of dementia but nothing could have prepared me to see my mother go through it one day mama might forget where she kept her silverware the next a little piece of who she was would be lost I felt like I'd lost myself too I couldn't remember the last time I'd taken a nap read a book or gone on a date with my husband Chris without interruption from the moment I woke up until I drifted off to sleep I walked a tightrope of work home and attending to every aspect of mama's life I juggled the grocery shopping the bill paying and the caregivers who came to her home I set up her meds and took her to doctor appointments it was hard work made harder with the knowledge that with each passing day she was slipping further from me and there was nothing I could do about it one afternoon I brought mama some groceries she sat in her living room armchair staring bleakly into space I can't hear God's voice in my heart anymore she said he's forgotten all about me her words so unlike her stopped me in my tracks mama had devoted her whole life to God she visited missionaries overseas and had been deeply involved in church whenever someone in our community was going through something they'd ask her to pray for them and of course she prayed for me often out loud I missed mama's prayers so much that's not true mama I told her you might forget things but God would never forget you if only I could convince myself as mama's dementia progressed I wondered how God could allow a faithful follower to go through such suffering her speech became garbled she forgot more words than she remembered eventually she could no longer put together a coherent sentence where was God's presence in all this his comfort and reassurance that mama and I had always depended on was mama right had God forgotten her 
One evening, Chris and I stopped by Mama's house before going out to a rare dinner. One of her caregivers was there. Mama's face was radiant. When her caregiver went to another room, she approached me confidently. I want to have a conversation with you, she said. Just the two of us. She took my hand and led me to her room. I thought I might be dreaming. We sat down on the bed. She told me I'd been a wonderful daughter, and I told her she'd been a wonderful mother. We talked about her life and her countless blessings. Our conversation went on for about 15 minutes. Mama's speech was coherent. And her old mannerisms, like moving her hands when she spoke, had returned. There was something profoundly renewed about her. She flowed from one sentence to another with ease, completely present. This was no dream. Finally, she bowed her head and said a prayer out loud for me. Then she stared into my eyes for a moment before she spoke. God's been with me this whole time, honey she said he's been present even in this he's going to come soon and take me home to heaven no one should worry about me because I'll be at peace I've missed you so much I told her giving into my tears I've missed me too she said before taking me into her arms we hugged for what seemed like forever. Mama never spoke coherently again. Still, that miraculous moment of clarity bolstered me through three more years of caring for Mama until she passed. For in that moment, I understood in the deepest reaches of my soul that God never forgets us for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord father God thank you for all your stories of faithfulness and goodness we could go on and on hearing of your kindness to your children even when we struggle even when we don't see the healing of a loved one or a financial breakthrough the way we think we should help us to remember that your thoughts are not our thoughts and your ways are not our ways but you are always good and we can always trust you as your beloved child sleeps tonight Keep these promises in their mind. You will never leave them or forsake them. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sleep well, dear one. God is by your side. <laughs>